They didn't show name it, and uh, they say it ain't easy being green. The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jeff fans. Jeff fans. They're very passionate. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jeff fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Dolphins sucks. Darn an unbeliever. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast. We are broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Valley, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I am joined, as always, by my colleague and co-host, none other than the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris. What's up, everybody? Not in Houston today, in Dallas, I'll wait for work. You're just making moves, bouncing around the state of Texas, and no matter where you go in that state of Texas, Mike, you are representing the green. That's what we know, to be a fact. You know it. Another fact I want everyone to know is that we're blasting you on the Elite Sports Radio Network, and interesting week in the NFL, Mike, to say the least. Of course, we're going to get to the Jets-Titans game, discuss it, talk about it, Blue League, look great for a while, look like we had a W, Mike. I don't think so. Which we haven't seen over a month, but I really... I know we want to get a good draft pick, but don't you get conflicted, Mike, when you watch these type of games towards the end of the year? When, when you don't, considering Sam wasn't playing. Now, say if Sam was playing, every single game you want to win as much as possible, get that experience. Sam's not playing, McCown's in. You're playing the Titans, you're on the road, you have about a third of the fourth pick right now. Of course, getting a better pick behooves you, it helps us, it helps our team next year. But at the same token, you can't root for your team to lose. You always want to win, right, Mike? Yes, you do. I was so conflicted last year because I really was part of that tank crowd, and a lot of people hated that. And they're like, how do you not want to? And my main reason was we need to get a quarterback. That was the reason why I was like, guys, we need to get the best draft position possible. There's absolutely no way we're going to be going anywhere this year. So last year, I was hoping that we would... Get, fall as far as we could to get the best draft pick so we could draft the best quarterback available. I promised myself this year I would not be in the same way I would root for every game. I hear you. I was conflicted. But I wanted that win so bad. Keep I know. I know. And, you know. Before we get into it, before we break it down, Mike, get into our emotions about the Jets game this week, we got to talk about the biggest story in sports, not just the NFL. What occurred the end of last week, what, what came to light, the video, the Kareem Hunt video, other videos that guess apparently popping up about him, him getting sent home, him getting let go by the Chiefs, all these things happening, Mike, he got put on the commissioner's exempt list, little by little the dominoes fell to the point where we are right now, which Kareem Hunt passes through waivers, not a single NFL team picked him up, my, quite a turn of events, and another aspect of the story is apparently... It was another NFL team that was able to obtain and then get this video released. Is that not also true, Mike? Yeah, that is true. The rumor out there is that another AFC team was able to pay for the tape from TMZ and was able to get it released. Now, now let me ask. Let's ask all Jeff fans real quick. We're going to hit pause. Who do you think that team was? Let's think about it, Mike. <laughs> Who do we think it was, Mike? Well, what team, what underhanded team would go to any possible length to win? The New England Patriots. The New England Patriots. The New England Patriots. You cheated. You cheated. 
I don't, I don't know. I can't, I can't think of anyone else. And uh, these are some of the reports now. I don't know if how well they've been corroborated, but I do know that the NFL has a policy in which that it does not pay for tapes. And there was a lot of kickback why the NFL didn't, wasn't able to find these tapes with Kareem Hunt and TMZ was. The NFL was this huge conglomerate, this enormous business that has its tentacles in many different businesses. It should have been able to find some evidence about one of its employees in such a hor horrific uh, action that this person did. But TMZ got it, put it out there. We find out that Kareem Hunt lied to the Chiefs. He should have been suspended. He should have been released. But I'm still at a pause with this commissioner and his ability not to proactively find ways to stop terrible, terrible stories and things from happening within the NFL organization. The NFL should have known about this. He should have been cut. This should have happened a long time ago. This happened in February. And I think the action was atrocious. Domestic violence is a very serious issue in our country and in our world. Uh, Kareem Hunt does not deserve to be playing football right now. But also this commissioner, again, like I told you before, I had it with Bowles. I've had it with this commissioner. I agree. I mean, it was two different, two different ways I come at this story, Mike. When you saw the footage and you saw how it kind of all went down, it doesn't really matter what was said back and forth or the context necessarily when you see what his actions were. And I'll, I'll give people you got to give credit to, first of all, his group of friends, every single one of those guys was trying to stop him and calm him down. I mean, he's an NFL running back. It's not that easy. It's easier said than done. But those guys at least tried. Those are the only guys kind of keeping their cool. This story comes out about Haunt, and apparently a few other stories surfaced recently, Mike. He punched somebody at a club. There's another video of him getting getting into an altercation with someone. When you're in the NFL, the microscope that's put on you, Mike, the, the, the way you have to live your life because you're in the NFL, you don't have to just be the NFL when you're a celebrity, but the NFL more more so because you could be an actor or an actress, Mike, or a celebrity in other, other walks of life, and you could get in different types of trouble. It's not going to affect you. In the NFL, you don't get to, you don't get to play if you do mm -hmm. certain things. So you, you, you need to understand that the way you conduct yourself, it's a higher standard than everybody Absolutely. else. I, don't, I have no idea Kareem's hunt upbringing. He could have tr tremendous role models in his life, and he just went a different direction. But say he didn't. Say that's what he saw in his life was violence, right? I don't know him. I'm just saying, Mike, hypothetically, you have to understand that where you're at now, you have to remove that from your life. You can't act that way. Um, it doesn't make a difference, you know, and be so aggressive the way that he was and go back after someone. Whatever was said back and forth doesn't really make a right. difference. He shouldn't be playing. It is, it is what it is with Kareem Hunt. And then there's also another another layer to this, like you said, and it's the NFL, where when they say, if the NFL is trying to say we don't have a policy of going after videotapes for players, what, you bas what they're basically saying is we wrote a rule into our, our bylaws prevent, basically protecting us from ever having to Go get a video. Right. Is that is that not is that the most convenient thing you've ever heard in your life? Well, we have a we have a rule. We don't do that. Well, that that's unfortunate because other people don't have those rules. TMZ, journalistic publications. Um, well, it's AMT money. Teams, it's they, money. It's not that they won't go after the video. It's that they won't pay for a video. But that to me is just completely right. asinine. You have if you have a if you have a company, um, which is what the NFL is to essentially, Michael, the business. And it's a fifteen billion dollar business. <laughs> exactly. Um, and what you're trying to say, trying to say, well, no, no, no. But hold on a second. We're not gonna, we're not gonna pay for a video of someone. Okay, but then the backlash is what's happening now. Mm -hmm. you, the laws you have written in because you don't want to pay for a video for someone of someone. I should say maybe doing something that's gonna make them look bad or shed a bad light on the NFL. 
the ramifications of that are this, where now with Ray Rice and other situations, they didn't get ahead of the story. They, now they look horrible. They look like they're complicit, or at least they knew what the deal was, and they're playing dumb now. We didn't see the video. We had no but idea. The, well, you didn't see the video because you made no effort to do that because you somehow have a rule that you don't want to pay for it. Where if you did see it and you knew about this, like you said, he could have been suspended already, started the year off, maybe not played this whole season. You actually look good in the eye of the public instead of looking like you care more about money and the NFL than the welfare of women and players that are actually play Absolutely. Here's the thing, though. The cops, there was no report about what happened in detail. And so the Kansas City Chiefs just decided... Yeah, but that's not that's not actually true because the the woman who was involved in this situation tried to give a report, wanted to yeah. give a report, and, and obviously, obviously, like you said, the, the 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 bottom line is the cops look like they're the most half-assed cops yeah. I've ever seen. The, um, and you know that's why it's a failure. We live in New it York. Was a failure. That's what I'm talking about. Like people that live, people listen to this podcast. A lot of them might live in New York. They live in Northern Jersey. They live in our you know the New York metro yeah. area. Like where we live, the cops are thorough. You know, I don't I don't know I don't know what happens in Cleveland. But I feel, you know, this, everybody makes mistakes, but I feel like in that same situation where we live, that might have been sought out. The information might have been sought out a little further than it was. That looked like the, looks like the cops didn't give a crap at all, Mike. They kind of moved on. And, you know, it's just, it just unfortunate that these type of things go on in the league. And also unfortunate the NFL is much more worried about their bottom line than they are about handling these situations in the right way. Absolutely. I mean, it's always been the bottom line regards to the NFL we already talked about the scandal with this New England Patriots and what happened with the tapes and them destroying the tapes and why it's because of their brand why the reason why Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a job is not they don't really care about his political position the reason why he doesn't have a job is that he hurts the brand it's all about the bottom dollar with this with this friend with this organization it's sad they know that many many millions and millions of customers are still going to buy their product and so they're able to get away with behavior like this and it's unfortunate that's true another thing that was unfortunate this week was the way the jets finished off this game versus the titans like uh, we prefaced it earlier seemed like we had a w in our grass they played great in the first half i liked how we looked defense played good the titans don't have a good offense they didn't play good in the first half they looked bumbling they were able to make a few plays here or there but the jets actually basically held it down in the first half and we still managed to find a way to lose the game you can't say it's heartbreaking considering how the year has gone on our record it's not necessarily surprising that we lost the game but to me, it's a little surprising how we lost. Through, Mariota threw an 11-yard touchdown pass to Corey Davis with 36 seconds left, and the Tennessee Titans rallied back from a 16-point deficit to beat the Jets 26-22. to When have we heard that before, Cleveland Browns? They fell, the Jets fell to 3-9, lost six. This is the sixth game they've lost, with the latest loss leaving Todd Bowles saying, Dumb mistakes at dumb times cost us ball games, and that's why we're in the position we're in. Really, Todd? Really? Really? Yeah, it, really? Really? I mean, that's what that's what yeah. you have to say. Really? That's what you it's, came up with, Bowles, huh? I, I huh? mean, the the Jets did start hot early. Johnson, Tremaine Johnson, who we've been attacking, got a pick six, and uh, they went up ten to nothing lead early in the game. The interception ended a streak of five games without forcing a turnover, which tied a league record at the time. So the Jets almost broke a record for not getting any turnovers. Um, and the Jets also had three sacks on Mariota. Some of the key highlights in the game, Q 
Kevin Pierre-Louis had blocked a punt in the second quarter to set up the third of Jason Myers' five field goals this game, giving them a 16-0 lead with two minutes and 51 seconds left in the half. Myers again kicked another 50-yarder, adding to that record. Yeah, Myers has looked great too, Mike. What more can we say about him? We said he's probably going to make the Pro Bowl. Another game here where he was just basically automatic and he kept yeah, us in the he's game. just a monster. Henry Anderson blocked the Ryan suck up extra point and then andre roberts opened the third quarter with a 61 yard kickoff return so some of some of those things were really nice to see and you know seeing the effort by the team you could see the team was on fire really trying to play for top bowls they led by 22 13 on myers final field gold which was a 39 yarder with 20 seconds left in the third quarter mccown said having to kick field goals instead of scoring touchdowns was costly well maybe Josh McCown, you want to start throwing some touchdowns and not throwing interceptions. I mean, he went 17 for 30, 128 yards and a pick at the end. And the Titans outgained the Jets 403 yards to 280 by the game, the end of the game. Yeah, and you know, when you have a game where you make five field goals, you return an interception for a touchdown, you're blocking um, extra points, or, and all these little intangibles, and you still lose the game, that, you're just a bad team. Because, I mean, all those things, if you add those things up, all those small little plays that went in our favor, uh, it seems like on paper at least they should have won, but then the second half, Mike, it seemed to all collapse. And the Titans, to me, are not a great team, and... We just came up in big moments, very small in this game. As, as the game went on, the Titans were able to move the ball on us. I could not believe the drive at the end, the touchdown at the end. was just It was just demoralizing for me because I really thought we had a W yeah. in the grass. And like you said, McCann only had 128 yards. He was only averaging four yards of a, a completion like, yeah. of a day. But, you know, the receivers, Herndon had a couple catches. He looked okay. He had 30 yards. Robbie had about 50. And no one really did much else. We only had, like I said, we only had 128 yards passing. Crowell looked good running the ball. At least we were able to move the ball on the ground. It looked like they got something, a little something going with him. Andre Roberts had one nice run too. But when you're the type of team we are right now and you're, you're trying to figure out a way every week just to get a W or you see Mike, you're always fighting from underneath Mike because we don't have the talent other teams have. You have to take advantage of interception returns and you have to take advantage of great plays on special teams like Andre Roberts trying to get 61 yards. And you got to put these, finish these drives off and yeah. put the ball in the end zone. I mean, you can't be kicking five field goals. And That's anybody who line. thought that the reason why the Jets' offense was inept because of Sam Darnold, I believe these last four games have proven otherwise. The team is just lacks talent. You know, PFF did a assessment of our team. Who do you think has the highest offensive grade, according to PFF, on the entire Jets roster? Uh, by any off of any yes. offensive player? Um... The highest grade, I don't know, maybe we Crowell. Very close. Crowell is number two with 71.3. Number one, Chris Herndon, 73.4. Oh, wow. That's that, that's good. That bodes well then, at least. I mean, he, and he does seem, he is, when he gets the ball, he does seem to always get some yak. He does. Some yards after the catch, Mike, and make something happen. Getting to the point now, and we're going to get into some of the young players shortly with the roster, where we got to start really focusing more on some of these younger players. We're going to stink on offense anyway. Let's put them in more high-profile roles and see what they absolutely, can do. Absolutely. And I think it's important that uh, we know that we're not really going to be playing for a playoff or anything this year. Uh, I think you know, focusing in on the young players like Chris Herndon, Sam Darnold, uh, seeing their growth is really what we're going to be focusing on for the rest of the year. So I'm very interested in getting into this Jets roster and focusing in on who we think is the solution moving forward and who we think we should remove. And maybe people, whether they're traded or not, or people we'd like to see more of. Let's get into it. Let's talk about, you know, I mean, hey, 
we have four games left. So in these final four games, maybe there's some guys you want to see play a little bit more. Guys Mike wants gone. Maybe some guys you want to keep, Mike. Some guys that are on the bubble when it comes to next season. I know there's four games left, so we're going to get a little bit more to see a little bit more tape on some of these dudes. But yeah. let's get into it. Let's break down a little bit of the roster. What we think, at least, for the roster for next year, 2019. The situation uh, kind of got heavy on So, Keith, I think for 2019... Um, one of the sections that we want to talk about are the absolute keys to success next year and moving forward. The guys that we are completely sold on. And on offense, I've identified five different players that I believe really should be solid in the future. One of them, obviously, our quarterback, Sam Darnold. Another one is Quincy Inunua, which I hope we do sign to an extension, and I believe we will. Mike McCagney is working on that now. Another player I would like to hold on to, and I believe is part of our future, is Brandon Shell, who is our right tackle. He's played better than what we expected and has seemed to progress as every year has gone along. Andre Roberts as a returner has been tremendous and I would like to keep hold on to him. And then Chris Herndon, who I just said uh, PFF has given the top offensive grade so far. I mean, if you're saying, basically you're saying those are going to be the guy, besides Sam Darnell, we don't have to mention him, of course. Um, those are kind of the five guys right. you think from this year that will still be, even when we upgrade in the offseason this year, you think those guys will still be on the roster next year and be very useful players for the, the Jets 2019? Uh, yes, and not just 2019, but 2019 through the future. I'm talking about these are the guys that I believe we have multiple years. Hopefully Sam Darnold, 10 plus. Quincy Inunua, maybe 5 plus. Brandon Shell, maybe another 5 plus. These are the guys that I see going, you know, 3, All four, right, now five I'll say, years with the guys the you just mentioned right there now, I mean, everybody else... Like, guy, we don't have to go through everybody, Mike, but guys like Robbie Anderson, he's, to me, you know, like, he's kind of a one-trick pony, right? He runs the one route, and he could be useful in certain type of offenses. I don't think it's ours, because we, we don't um, have anyone else you really have to worry about. So, safeties in a corner who are on him can really key in on him. Beecham, Harrison, Winters, I mean, Curse, Crowell. These guys, come or go, Mike, I'm not really... Um, overly concerned with any of those guys if we don't have them back next year. They're not really difference makers to me. Corral's had some good games, don't get me wrong. Most of his stats are in those two games, like we mentioned, Mike. Two big games this year. Spencer Long has mm -hmm. to go, as you mentioned, obviously. I think Winters is going to have to go. Yes. Uh, I know you like Shell a lot. Shell, does, you know, Shell to me is just an average right tackle. If we, in the offseason, can either draft or sign a better right tackle than Brandon Shell, which shouldn't be that difficult. I, I just have seen him just play average. When you're on an offensive line that's so bad like ours, maybe that seems like you're playing better than you actually are. But Herndon, obviously, like we mentioned earlier, Herndon seems like someone that might be a real... When we have a real offense, an actual offense, Mike, that can be varied and move the ball, unlike the one we have this year, I think he could be a real weapon, Herndon. Roberts has been tremendous on returns. Anunua, I don't know about Mike, just because he always gets hurt. He does, and he's, he's great over he the middle, uh, but he just doesn't seem to be able to make it through an entire season. He has a lot of strange injuries. He, he takes a lot of hits because of the way he plays, and he's somebody, you know, I, I think that Obviously, he'll be back next year, and he'll be a good player for us. But I don't know if that's something they could build around in the future, and just off his past history with injuries. What about when it comes to defense, Mike? Is Just this year that we've had, like we said, New Jack City has not lived up to the New Jack City moniker. Who stood out to you so far this year? we still got four games left. Is there anyone that you know going into next season 100%? We have a couple obvious ones, but the guys are kind of the future for the Jets next year. And some guys maybe you want out of here and you want a replacement. Well, I definitely want Buster Screen gone. He's really the only guy on the defense that I absolutely do not want on this team next year. Um, Jamal Adams is our future, obviously. Marcus May, I believe, is part of our future. 
Jordan Jenkins, I believe, is part of our future. Jordan Jenkins has six sacks on the season currently, and uh, I saw the PFF rating on him defensively, and I don't have it in front of me, but it, he is very highly ranked on the Jets as far as his defensive efficiency so far this year, and he's been getting better every year, and the reason why I liked Shell, you're right, he is an average right tackle, but He's been getting better every year, and the same with Jordan Jenkins. That's why I like guys like that. Guys that show me from year to year to year to year, they get better. Now, Avery Williamson and the other one that I really want to keep. Now, Leonard Williams. Leonard Williams improved from 2015 into 2016. But since that, but since that, He's been regressing, and he's taken. Can a I give you one note too? Can I throw one thing into this, this mic? Year. Next year, Leonard Williams is due to make fourteen million dollars. Think about that now. Yes, and I feel we should trade him. I feel we should trade him for a second round pick, just like we did for uh, Sheldon Richardson. To be honest with you, Leonard is a great guy. I like him. Uh, I have him marked as a guy that I want to see more from i hope he's on the team and he gets better but to be honest with you i think he may be more valuable to our franchise by trading him away for a premium draft pick at this point because i'm not seeing the progression in his career as i've seen in no and it just he hasn't become what we he hasn't become that dominating player that he was at college or at least he projected to be uh, in the nfl when he was in college and you know, I'm not trying to disparage Leonard Williams, but if you remember, Mike, I think it was three or four weeks ago we were talking about draft picks and things like that. And we were, oh, well, no, but yeah, I think about three or four weeks ago we talked about Bulls, we talked about McCagnin, some of the good picks, some of the bad picks. We mentioned Mo Williams. We mentioned on the season, you know, had only had three sacks. He still only has three sacks right now. I know. He has it's, 28 sacks and three sacks on the season. He's due to make $14 million next year. He's not going to be back next year. There's no way. He's not going to be on the Jets next year. I'm just trying to break it to everybody. There's, it doesn't make any sense to bring him back. Uh, McClendon, I do like. Uh, Claiborne's been up and down this year. He's been okay. I do like Jenkins, like you said. But obviously, Avery Williams. Avery Williams and Jamal Adams and Marcus May. Those are the th- our three lockdown guys. And Tremaine Johnson, uh, he had a big play last week. I think he just, you know, he signed. He's not going nowhere with the contract that we signed him to. And he's young, too. So he's definitely going to be back. Right. And I think next year he'll be improved, Mike, when we have yeah. a better defense around him. I think so, too. I really do. I think that maybe he had some injuries this year. I, I don't know. He had maybe some issues going on with him. He's flashed in certain ways. Against the Patriots, he quietly had a pretty solid game, with, with the exception of just a few mistakes. So I, I'm like you. Um, I think that Tremaine Johnson is going to get better next year. Morris Claiborne. Yeah, again, he, he's had a pretty decent year as well. I'm not sure if he's somebody that we're going to want to bring back or if we're going to go answer the cornerback in the draft. Maybe give Derek Jones some time. I mean, are we ever going to play Derek Jones, Keith? I mean, yeah, I mean, he gets in the game, don't get me wrong, but he's not someone that gets a real enough burn that we can actually see what his skill level is. One guy, Mike, that I thought did play great last week, and I forgot to mention during the, the review of the game, was Frankie Lufu. And we've been talking about Lubu since the preseason, oh, yeah. how we liked him. Uh, seemed like he could always get to the, always seemed to be uh, in the right place at the right time. Plays with a lot of aggression. Played good last week. He's somebody definitely I would like to keep on the team. Uh, you, know, you know, get into his second season and see what he could do. Maybe even elevate himself up to starter level. We could see. I don't know if he has the, the mental makeup for that or not. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you another thing. Uh, while you're watching that Titans game, they, Mariota, I think it was Mariota, or it was a play to one of the running backs, and Darren Lee saw it, and he knocked that player back for a loss. And I, 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 I'm trying to remember the play. 
exactly, but he was the one linebacker, defensive player that saw it, and he knocked him back for a loss. And I said, "Look at that, Darren. Good job." He didn't get sold. He didn't get sold on the fake. So Darren Lee, I want to see him back next year. I'm not saying that I think he's the future like Marcus May or, or um, Jamal Adams, but he has improved this year. And that's a good thing. I'm always about improvement. If I see a player improving and I see them working hard and having the right attitude and saying the right things, which Darren has been doing this year, I'm more inclined to see what... If, yeah, if what about your boy Henry team. Anderson, Mike? Oh, I'd like to see he's had a pretty solid year. And just like we said, just, you know, Shepard, Fatukasi, all these young dudes, man. Just, like, get him out on the field. Get uh, Elijah McGuire and Trenton Cannon more carries. Get, you know, Herndon a more maybe a focal point of the offense, even if you split him out as a wide receiver and you just run Leggett as the tight end, considering, you know, Leggett actually played pretty good last week. Uh, get them both in there if there's any type of way to, to just – I just want to see these guys grow and get better as the year ends in actual NFL games, bring them to the next preseason, and get even better. And I'm hoping that Sam gets in this week and he's able to do that, Mike, and kind of start these last four games. Use these last four games as kind of an end-of-the-season uh, little run, little little test frame to see if he can go against some good teams and play well. Because we, like you said, we've seen now that it's not Sam Darnold why the offense wasn't ticking. Or at least it doesn't seem to be, considering McCowan in there and we still can't get anything done. I mean, it just seems like the offense as a whole doesn't have the talent, isn't that good, and uh, we went through some of the guys that we like for next year. And you and I get you, you and I get on the Giants, you know, and even Pat Shermer knows that when his offense is messing up or is having issues, he gets creative and allows Odell Beckham Jr. to go back and throw a touchdown to Shepard in the end zone. What creative plays have you seen from Jeremy? Wow, well, I mean, his. His offense this year, which the first game of the year, we put up all those points. And, you know, we were just running it, you know, not doing anything too crazy. It was Sam's first game, and it wasn't that exotic. And now we're this far into the year, and you're like, oh, that's our offense every week. It's not anything that's, like <laughs> like, like you said, it's, I can't think of, not that you have to be running flea flickers every other player or anything like that, Mike, but we don't disguise anything. We don't have anything that really surprises teams, and maybe it's because of the talent level. I get it. Yeah. And, and when did we start? And when did we start struggling? When Anunua and Bilal Powell went down, Sam Darnold's best two weapons that he had in the first couple of games. Then all of a sudden, the quarterback really started struggling. There was no creativity on the on the way of Jeremy Bates in the offense, and the and the quarterback began to regress. He started seeing things. He started playing worse than he had in the beginning, and that's why it's so important to have the type of coach that pays attention to detail and understands his players and is able to be creative with plays to keep that rookie quarterback or rookie player on par with playing yeah, at a high yeah, level. You're exactly right, Mike. And I know hopefully this weekend the Jets will be able to play at a high level when they rematch the Buffalo Bills at Florham Park in the horrible Despicable, disgusting, gray, sad town of Buffalo this weekend. Mike, let's talk about it. Okay. The situation uh, kind of got heavy on me. So, Buffalo Bills rematch from a few weeks ago where it was just a complete debacle on offense. The first game that McCown started this year when Sam was sitting out. Looks like we might get Sam in there this time. It didn't go that well the first time with McCown. Buffalo Bills are 4-7, third in the AFC East. Uh, we're one game behind them, obviously. Coach Sean McDermott's coming in as a jabroni with a jabroni team. However, we might even be a rung below them, Mike, unfortunately. The New York Jets, and yeah. they put a spank yeah, on us a few weeks ago. 
Uh, their defense, as we know, pretty good. We talked about it before we reviewed the last game. Their defense is good. Their defense, is, even last week, their defense didn't really give up a lot of yards, even though they lost the game. Their offense is not really that good, especially with Josh Allen in there. I don't know what happened when Barkley came in. He went berserk on us. He looked like Joe Montana during that game, bombing the ball everywhere. They had trick plays. They were doing all types of things to fool us. I think with Allen in there, their offense is going to be worse, though, than it was. Obviously, this is the last game on the schedule I think we can actually win this year. I should say the last game on the schedule that we might, you know, kind of 50-50 chance of winning considering the last three games are, besides that, are really, really tough. Mike, I'm predicting a win for the Jets because you know why? If we don't win this game, we're losing all the rest of them. So we have to, we're not going to lose the, we're not going to lose the rest of the games the whole rest of the season. The headline in this game is going to be Josh Allen versus Sam Darnold, the rookie quarterbacks. We all know that that's what it's going to be. It's going to be marketed like that. That's why a lot of people are going to be interested in it to see how the rookie quarterbacks are performing this late in the season. At this point, you want to start seeing some progress. Josh Allen looks like he's beginning to play a little better within the NFL schemes, not at throwing, but using his legs. He's been using his legs a lot and throwing big plays here and there to complement the gains that he makes on the ground. Um, so Todd Bowles is going to have have his uh, work cut out for him to make sure he can contain the quarterback because Josh Allen is very athletic. I would really love to see Sam Darnold come in there and really take command of the offense. I'd like to see him move the ball and get the team. And you know what? If he throws an interception, he still currently leads the NFL in interceptions. <laughs> Isn't that great? Uh <laughs> Besides missing the last four games, he still leads to the NFL in interceptions. Um, but I, I would like to see him get the ball, get the the, the the the. I would like to see him get the Jets in the end zone. I would like to see him get the Jets scoring, and I would like to see some fluidity in the offense. And I want to see him just a little bit more comfortable. If we win or lose. I would like to just see Sam Darnold look better than he did against Miami. That's, is that, you know what, is that too fine. much to ask? It's I don't not setting so. the bar too low right there. I think that, uh, you know, we all we want to do is see Sam get in there hopefully this week. He's nice and healthy. He can play. Get some chemistry going with the team. Build. Get better. Every little drop in the bucket that gets him better, Mike, every little, every little percentile that he can get better is good for us, is good for us team, is good for the future of the Jets. So that's what I want. I just want Sam out there playing as much as he can. The result of the game in the long run doesn't matter that much this season, Mike. Not really. Uh, we lose the game. We'll get, we'll solidify an even better draft pick uh, situation for ourselves. If we win the game, we get to beat the, we get to beat the Bills, which is tremendous. Uh, it's my most hated team besides the, the Patriots in the National Football League. So if we could whoop up on them, that's always going to be good. But Sam and his progression is more important than either of those things I just mentioned. So if he can get in there. Uh, get, get, mm -hmm. You know, it did seem like he had a little something going with Herndon, too, before he was out, uh, Sam. So get in there, get some chemistry going with him. The players that we're going to maybe have on the team next year, especially, I'd like to see him out there with Mike. And who knows what the hell could happen. This is just the Bills. We could take a W. I don't think we're going to lose, like I said, the rest of the games the whole year. And I really just want to get a win, Mike. It's been forever. I just want to, I want to win. I want to win. I want to win. In the immortal words of Nacho Libre. Oh, I want to win. I want to win. He wants to win. We just want to win. Just give us a W, please. I want to win. I want to cover it on this podcast with you. I want to talk about a W. I want to laugh. I want to. I want to talk to Jet fans and tell them how proud I am of of seeing Sam Darnold throw a fifty-five yard strike down the sidelines, hitting Quincy and Nunwa for the touchdown. Ah, can we? I, I I felt like that was years yeah, ago. I feel like I feel that, that, that's years another ago. life. The first six games of the year where we were three and three. Remember that run? 
And uh, we, you know, we, we were like, oh, oh, this isn't yeah. that bad. This isn't going that bad. Sam look, Sam looks okay. Here and here. <laughs> we were. That might be too much to ask this weekend. We'll see. Hopefully, we can get away with it, Mike. Yeah, so that's what's going on this weekend, guys. Jets, Bills. Uh, this is another great podcast in the books for the ABG team. Thank everybody for listening. Thank everybody for supporting, hitting play, listening to the podcast. I know we had a lot of really good, positive feedback from the Patriots podcast, Mike. And we have a lot of good feedback from all the podcasts from all our amazing listeners, and we do appreciate it. And if any of them want to get at us, tweet at us, talk to us, talk to Mike, talk to Keith, talk to the production team. If you want me to hire some of these interns out for you, we could do that too. Where can they get at us, Mike? Yeah, you guys already know. You can find us on the Elite Sports Radio Network. You can also find us on SoundClouds and iTunes. Please follow us on Facebook at AEBG.JetsRadio. On Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ Podcast. And on Instagram at Jet.AEBG. That's Mike. I'm Keith. AEBG Podcast number 21 in the books. Jets Bills this weekend, guys. Get at you next week. Are you ready? The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Are very passionate. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans. Very passionate.